from the world of sports to the world of pop culture and beyond, it's Step 1, Learn Sports. Now, your hosts, Brittany Wench and Avery Harder. Hello and welcome to Step 1, Learn Sports, the podcast bridging the gap between pop culture and sports. We are back. I am Brittany. I'm Avery. We got producer Arby in the house, and it has been two weeks yes, long, since we've been in these chairs. Long hiatus. We it took feels like longer. Quite a break. Well, we said that Avery was going to be across the pond. Yes, I swam there and back. There and back. It gave me a cold, so that's why we took off last week. Yes. I had no voice. Zero voices. And I couldn't stay awake. Yeah, we had a lot going on last. We talked about the uh, World Series was going on. Yeah. There's been a lot happened since then, and we're going to talk a little bit about some baseball today. Yeah, we'll talk about some baseball. Um, we have a special guest with us. We thought coming back off of such a long break, we would hit it hard with a really big guest, and we've been trying to work out our schedules with her for a while, and we finally got the opportunity to sit down with her. We're going to introduce her a little bit later, but like we said, there's been a lot of news that has happened since we've been gone, uh, so let's jump right into it. The Skinny. <laughs> Number one, no two teams remain undefeated in the NFL after the 49ers lose to the Seahawks in Monday night football. What a jumble of upsets over the weekend. Love it. I think I, uh, my team in like my pick em every week had maybe six games that I picked correctly. I live for an upset. Yeah. It, I mean, no one is safe anymore. So just when you're going to pick, you're like, oh, this will be a guaranteed win because they're undefeated. Just know you're not safe anymore. Any given team on any given day. Nope. Speaking of upsets, Alabama drops out of the top four college football playoff rankings after a loss at home to LSU. Okay, so listen to this stat. This is crazy. This is only the fifth week out of 33 in the history of these rankings that have come out that Alabama has not been ranked in the top four. Saban runs the CFP. Uh, you, I mean, you. we can't get too worked up because there's still a whole lot of football left to play. Um, there are three weeks of the regular season that are left and conference championships games. So there's still a lot more that could change. And, I mean, it's Alabama. Yeah, don't sleep on them ever. The NFL plans to host a workout for Colin Kaepernick this upcoming Saturday for all 32 teams. Okay, so a couple things. What this means. So they're, they've allowed him to showcase basically his physical abilities with drills, workouts, and an interview. All 32 teams have been invited. That doesn't mean that all 32 teams are going to be there. It's also strange that it's on a Saturday because during the football season, the only like, I guess when they do workouts like this, they usually do them on Tuesdays because that's only that's like the off day. It's, it's the only quote unquote most off day that, that most general managers and coaches have to be able to travel and see someone on Saturdays. They're, they're out um, scouting college players. Or they're traveling to their traveling. game or yes. doing walkthroughs for their game the next day. They're, it's not a, not a very open day on their schedule. So it's kind of odd that they're having it on a Saturday. Um, and I guess also he just found out Tuesday that yeah. he's allowed to do this. So um, I'm interested to see who's going to show up, how it's going to play out. And, you know, there are two different takes on this. Like, are they doing it to give him a courtesy to actually, like, have him back in the NFL finally? Or are they just trying to be like, hey, we're going to give you a shot and, like, but it's going to be Saturday. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, who knows? Former Houston Astros pitcher Mike Fears said that the team used cameras to steal signals from other teams during their 2017 season. And this was the season that they ended up winning the World Series. 
And this story came out. You think it's kind of funny. Like, why would he rat on his own team? Well, he doesn't play with them anymore. And he was telling um, his teammates and the younger players that this kind of stuff goes on in Major League Baseball and that they need to be prepared for it. And he thought it was kind of a disadvantage for some of the newer, younger players that they didn't know that this was coming out. So now there's this huge investigation. And actually, the Astros have said, because there's an investigation, we're not going to have any kind of comment on it. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. But... um, yeah, big news. More big news. Lamar Odom has announced his engagement to Sabrina Parr. I don't think anyone knew he was dating <laughs> no, I was anyone. Just say, how, did you know he was dating someone? No, she is a personal trainer to uh, a small portion of stars. How old is she? Do you know? She, yeah. She's in her 23, 24, oh young range, quick engagement. I want to know how he has money. Uh, what? Uh, how does he I don't know do you get money for being on Dancing with the Stars and he did wait no remember he has that like a book he's got that like weed company really don't you remember when we talked about it like like one of our first couple episodes he like is now in like CBD and weed Um, I think I do remember that he started this whole company I wonder if he gets like you guys, you guys said there was something like the green spoon yes. or the green. It was something yeah. like I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he get spousal support? Is that what happens? Like if he's Chloe through supporting a him? Yeah, like that high profile. The, I wonder if she's a leftover from the Moonlight Bunny Ranch too. <laughs> oh my god. He likes to do those kinds oh of things. Oh my god. And in California, if you don't sign a prenup, everything split 50-50. Everything. So I wonder if oh, when they Chris got divorced, Jenner made them sign a prenup. Chloe, they got married within like three days. There's not time to do a prenup. And uh, number one, Kentucky loses to Evansville in a shocking game at home in Rep Arena. Um, was Kentucky winning at all during that game? It was like the first nine minutes of the game, and Evansville was up by six. And I remember thinking, like, oh, like they'll probably have like a, an early run. But it reminded me. So I was at Kings Bowl last night. Um, we had a, a live show there, um, and right afterwards, we stayed to kind of watch. Uh, some some college basketball. Um, There's college football on last night too. Yeah, college football was on. There was there were there were a lot of sporting events to watch, and I, I, I it, the atmosphere at Kings Bowl watching this Kentucky Evansville game was like March Madness. I mean, people were sur- surrounding the bar, especially when it got to it was the last quarter. There were like five minutes to go, and um, I. People were just surrounding this TV like, can you actually believe it? And I don't think at any point when I was watching that game was Kentucky up. Never did they have control of that game. You love to see a number one go down. I I do. but I I, do, for sure. I mostly love to see Evansville just seem to play just to the peak of their abilities. It it, it, It was really great to see. We are really, really excited to get to our guest today. Um, like I said, we have been trying to get with her for mm, a couple weeks now. She is one third of the weekly radio show 3HL here on 104.5 The Zone. She's also an ESPN sideline reporter. Dog mom, Dawn Davenport is our guest today. Welcome. Hi, ladies. Good to be with you guys. We, I'm glad we finally worked the schedule out. It's a, a crazy time of year for all of us. You're a very sure. busy lady. I mean, volleyball, football, and, yeah. you know, your and, and regular job. My real job. Yeah, Monday through Friday job. And yeah. then your night job <laughs> in wherever you're calling games in Auburn or anywhere else. And then weekend, wherever, whatever game you get sent to. It is crazy busy right now. It is crazy busy. So come like February, I'm usually just done and want to go visit a beach somewhere. So Do your dogs <laughs> hate you when you're gone? They do. Do they like, 
just they, they won't even give you the time of day i get the well because the suitcase just stays in the closet right yeah. so it's not the side of the suitcase because you know it's it's packed like every other day yeah. so it's not the side of the suitcase but it's it's the noise of the suitcase rolling over the hardwood mm, yeah. and that's when all of them like pitter batter out and just sit there and give me the you know the what look. We hate you. Aww. We hate you for leaving like, us again. Look, yeah. we'll keep the house warm, I yeah. guess. Like, yeah, don't worry, don't worry, mom. Whatever. We'll chew something up while you're gone. That's right. <laughs> um, speaking of your busy schedule, uh, sounds like if you have anything personal that you want to do, you got to do it pretty quick. You are sporting a very beautiful wedding ring. Thanks. And yes. So I want to say congrats on the engagement because I didn't get to say that. But then also the congrats wedding. The wedding. Soon after I know. That. So we ended up actually getting married. This is both of our second marriage. So, um, you know, when you've done it before, it's you, yeah. you're not going to do right. some big yeah. shindig again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we actually did it the last weekend before football season started. Well, it was wow. either that or yes. February. I it mean. was that or you wait till, you know, yeah. who knows when. So, um, so yeah, it was my, one of my best friends lives in Pensacola Beach mm. and, um, basically planned our entire wedding for us did all of wow, it that's a good best wow. friend organized yeah. everything like flowers this whatever and it was just our close family like brothers and sisters parents and you know a couple of close friends and it was so much fun it was stress-free no that's you know nice. worry about everything i i found my wedding dress this is crazy i found my wedding dress uh eight days before the wedding no so tailoring no anything days. it just no, i did i it? had to get it tailored yes yeah. which which actually cost me a ton of money because, it was so because of the rush yeah. yeah but um but it just worked out and it was everything was smooth and the weather weather was perfect and it was supposed to rain um florida, originally yeah. you know it's florida you never know and it didn't rain and it was just perfect so um, we kind of got lucky and it was great so yeah so now now we're married is you your... know it's funny my husband now is actually best friends, one of Brent's best yeah. friends from 3HL, from our show. That's how I ended up getting to know him when we all went that. on the Titans trip to Kansas City for the playoff game last year. Remember that? Yeah, yeah big game. Yes. Great win. So that all kind of started with like this grassroots campaign with Brent and his buddies planning a trip. They were going for fun regardless. Yeah. And then it just turned into this massive thing. Oh my so my husband was one of those buddies and ended up like meeting him there. But he, I, I always make fun of him. I say, oh yeah, you went to bed early. Like we all stayed <laughs> up and partied. You were gone. Right. Like I didn't even talk to him there at all. Like kind of met him there and chatted with him a little bit, but really didn't get to know him. Yeah until after that so we kind of joke about it if you look at the big tailgate picture we're actually standing right next to each oh, other really like the, the giant one yes. at kansas city yes and, wow. and like after we started dating when i looked back at that picture i was like oh my gosh we're standing next to each other right and we there. didn't even Funny. talk like oh. that entire trip so. i love stories like that i know so it, i guess i don't know i guess it was just meant to be right to be. so are you all harder now um, i mean i feel like that okay. we have to be related somewhere down the line now if you're a harder and i'm a harder Oh yeah, you are a harder. Yeah, yeah. So it's got to be there. May, it, it must be somewhere. I thought Only you were asking if I like legally changed my name. I'm like, do you know how? I hear it's awful. Yeah, I hear it's awful with how oh. much you travel. I yes. can. I, there's oh my like god, no yeah, you don't way. No. Well, and so you have to find your downtime of when you're not flying. Yeah, yeah. You know, because of airport and license and everything has to match up. And then I have to call and you have to give a marriage certificate and this legal yeah, thing to change your, you know. All your rapid rewards and flight, whatever. Literally and everything. Everything. So I'm like, um, 
Yeah. Maybe I won't do that this there you time. Go. I don't yeah. know. Make it just <laughs> like a lot of work. It does seem like a lot of effort. Yes. And I hear people do it like three or four years after they get married, whenever they get around to it. Right. Which, whenever you have time. Maybe in the spring. We'll yeah. look at it then. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, Don, you have done so much in your career. Most recently here in Nashville, you were with News Channel 2 for like 10 years. Yes. So you made the switch to Sports Talk Radio and host a weekly show here, 3HL, which you referred to. And you somehow find time to also be an ESPN sideline reporter. How do you describe the first job that like really gave you a big break or the experience that you were like, this is what shaped my career or what really gave me like put my hands fully in it? Like, how do you how would you describe that experience? I think it was probably, I mean, you guys all know how just cutthroat and tough this industry is yeah. and this business. And, and I always chat with, you know, college kids that are graduating that want to get in this business. And I think for everybody, the hardest job is the first one, mm-hmm. you know, because once you get your foot in the door, then you can, you know, put in the extra time, even though mm-hmm. you're not paid for it, but at least your foot is in the door yes. so you can be around it and get some experience and gain some experience. So I always say like that first job is always the toughest one to get. And um, so I graduated from Auburn and uh, wanted to do sports from the get go. Like I grew up a huge sports fan. I played volleyball at Auburn. I've always been around it. My mom, you don't want to watch a Duke basketball or an Atlanta Braves game with my mom <laughs> because it's like every, especially with baseball. I'm like, there's, there's 500 games a year and every out is like just Aww, life the end or death. Of the world, yes. Yeah. yes. So that's how I grew up. We went to spring training baseball for our like, family trips and we did you know sweet 16s for that was our family vacation oh gosh so, wow. so that's how I grew up so I always wanted to do sports but when I graduated from Auburn obviously you know it's oh hey here's this job in a small local market but you need some experience but how the heck are you going to get experience if you can't get your foot in the door and get a job you yes. know right so I couldn't get anyone to call me back so I ended up now this is back in the day of VHS so <laughs> I ended up we printing out my days. resume <laughs> yes, and putting them on all these VHS tapes. I went and got, you know, this massive like bulk VHS buy <laughs> at Walmart to be able to to put, you know, dub all of my tapes that you had to dub in real time. Oh, back yeah. Then, yeah. Right. You know, oh my gosh. so and then I basically just picked every small market around. I'm, I'm from Atlanta, graduated from Auburn. So anywhere around there, any small market, I just picked them all and would call the station or the news director and just be like, hey, I just happen to be in town. Can I stop by tomorrow and drop off my resume and my reel? You know, I'm trying to get a job or whatever. And if they said yes, then I'd be like, oh, looks like I'm driving to. Oh, I was just right outside right now. Are you available? Were you actually in town? No. Was it like, hey. No, it was just, okay, well, I guess I'm going. I like that approach. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then my, one of my best friends from Auburn and from high school ended up moving to Wilmington, North Carolina for a job. I did the same thing with the news directors there. And one of them in Wilmington was like, oh, I guess so. Yeah, if you want to stop by tomorrow at 11. So I immediately called my best friend. I'm like, hey, I'm coming to stay with you tomorrow. I'm coming to see you because <laughs> Can't wait. I'm going to go drop off my resume reel. Ended up getting a job out of that. Um, but it was a news reporter, one man band, do it all job. And I was like, that's fine. I just need to get my foot in the door. Yeah. I can like, I, I made it known. I really want to do sports, but that's fine. I will take a news job, you know? 
So my first day I start, I start a week later. Okay. You're right, so, right, right, of course. You know, because they're like, all right, come on. Well, you're already you in the neighborhood. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, we're not going to pay you enough to really eat, but come yeah. on, you're in. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I start a week later. The second day that I'm on the job, one of the sports people quits. And the news director was like, oh, you want to, didn't you want to do sports or something? I'm like, yes, yes, yes I, I did. Actually, oh my gosh, timing. It's that's what I tell everybody. You know, everyone's like, how, how does, you know, how do you get to where you are? What I honestly, like, you have to work your butt off. You have to be good at what you do. You have to communicate. But a lot of it is luck and timing. Yeah. And it just is. That's just, I, I, and I say that all the time. I'm like, I am so lucky. I've been in the right situations. Things have just worked out. Now, I've put myself in those right situations yeah. through hard work, through preparation. But a lot of it is just luck and timing. And that's it. It just is, you know? Yeah. I also feel like, too, you have to put yourself outside of your own comfort zone. Absolutely. You know, like you said, you were calling all of those places and and basically asking for a job. But like, I, I feel like not only was it different looking for a job at that time, what, like that's early 2000s, right? Yes. Yeah. So I feel like now with all of the advancements in technology and everything, it's very different. It's now. yeah. There are things yeah. that are just so different. You don't hear about people going to buy VHSs or CDs right. or DVDs or anything. You and you can email a link to your resume, right? right. It, yeah. You know. But I also think people are so much less willing to pick up a phone and connect with a person on the other end. But in the industry like this, where you are talking to people, you are the fa- like they. If they're going to invest in you, they want you to be investing in them. Yeah, and that's a great point. Yeah. And that uh, that's the fun part of this job too is the the communications the face to face that that right. is, that's one of the best parts of this job too you know so you have to be good at that you have to be comfortable with that yes you guys know that too yeah. i mean from a sales standpoint like you have to be comfortable with yes. that yes if you don't i mean you're not going to make it <laughs> you're anywhere not make it very long yeah. no that's but it's just like that like industry, you have to have right. chance on your side like yeah. you have to get to the right person at the right time when they're ready to be open for someone else coming into their professional career you know mm-hmm. so are that, you that first job was it, the first job i feel like is always the toughest but um you know everyone's like oh so then you just kind of jumped markets from there and it was like smooth sailing no yeah <laughs> you know like from wilmington um it, i i easily got my job in my second job which in, was in richmond virginia i covered the caa tournament mm-hmm. um for uncw in wilmington north carolina and it was always held in richmond virginia i worked uh, out yeah. of another station there and the news director there saw like my work that it, you know had been left in one of the edit bays and was like oh hey i'm looking for a sports person so i get that job we had a four-person department at that time which is wow. crazy that that's is, unheard yeah. of for a yeah. local station well, then they were like, what are we doing? Decided to uh, knock it down to a three-person department. I was one of the newbies in that department. I was gone. Yeah, you're right. So I got laid off and was like, what am I going to do? You know, it's not easy to find a job, whatever. Ended up getting laid off. My old news director at at this station was the news director in Nashville and needed a wow. sports person and called me. Because it was all the same company and said, hey, I heard they're downsizing. You want a job in Nashville. So when I say timing, it just sometimes it just works out. But sometimes there are bumps in the road where you're thinking, oh, my gosh, this is the worst thing possible that's going to happen to me in my career. You know, I can't believe I just got laid off this and that. What am I going to do when in turn it was the best thing that 
ever happened to me because I ended up in this city that I absolutely fell in love with yeah. and decided I'm never leaving here, you know? Mm-hmm. Nashville so could not be better. Some things just work out. And, and in the moment, you're thinking, oh, dear, what am I going to do with my life? I can't believe this. This is the worst thing ever. Yeah. And it turns into the best. Yeah, it totally does. There's like the little blessings in disguise. Yeah. Where do you consider home then? Because you've lived, you were born in Plano, Texas. Yep. Yep. Then grew up in Atlanta. First went to school in Alabama. First yep. job out in Virginia. Now you live North Carolina. North then Carolina, Virginia, yes, then Virginia. Then, yeah. So like, where do you I'm consider all over home? The show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just say I'm Southern. There you go. <laughs> I love it. Covered the South. Which yeah. is funny. People from Texas are like, why would you not claim Texas? Texas is the best. You know, they think I was there Texas like grade, so made yeah. this country. I know. I know. All of them do. Uh, yeah. So um, without so, Tennessee, there's not much Texas. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Remember the Alamo. <laughs> yeah so i i don't know i say nashville now obviously right. I, f- I feel like i was i came here i've been here um god what almost 12 years now yeah and so i feel like i was here i'm not i'm not an original nashvillean yeah, you're not know? a unicorn right but i feel like i was he- i've been here long enough to like remember when the gulch was nothing and they didn't think it was gonna work right you know yeah. so yeah. I, I feel like okay maybe i'm i'm Nashville's home, right? Yeah, I'm some still, uh, to yeah. it. Somewhat native. Yeah, definitely. Rhett B over there is like, uh, no, that doesn't count. <laughs> Rhett, are you that from? That doesn't count. Are you, are you from Murfreesboro? I am a native of Middle Tennessee. I'm the rare exotic unicorn. <laughs> Everyone else is transplanted here pretty much. Yep. Yeah, none of us. I assume all three of us women have no 615 area code nope. on our phones. I still go 404. I'm 904. Yeah. 815. There well, we I go. Yeah. Well, and it, it it's away. like kind of to my detriment because so many times when I give someone, like in sales, you make a lot of cold calls. So when I call and I leave my number, I'm like, well, I'll give you my personal cell. And I say 815 and I give out the entire entire number. And I get so many like emails saying, hey, I tried calling you, but it doesn't work. And I'm like... It's area code 815, not 615. You didn't mishear me. Oh, so they close. think yes. that I'm saying 615, but that I like misspeak or something. Oh, I didn't yeah. even think about so that's that. a little bit of a pain. Hmm. So you did TV for so long. Now you're in radio, obviously. Was that transition hard? Like, did you feel like your first like three months in radio, were you smiling a lot while talking? Because <laughs> you're so used to the TV being on you. I mean, you're camera centric and obviously if you're a sideline reporter you're still on tv very often yeah how how was that different whenever you made that first transition um first of all you guys can't see me but i'm in a beanie because it's <laughs> two degrees out so i love that part <laughs> that's of right, right. That's yeah for sure that's the best without she still the, looks as adorable as possible <laughs> i so. don't know about that but without you know without the the gobs of mascara on and all that it's kind of nice um no but the the transition for me was it was difficult yeah, I bet because it's so different I mean it's it's same knowledge you're talking sports it's same thing but you know uh, and, and even from coming from WKRN I was on the morning show and doing news at that point but I had still always done ESPN work well as a sideline reporter your you know your hits are 15 seconds or 20 seconds it's you never it's not an opinion like on the morning news there was no opinion you were there just simply to deliver the facts and let people decide on their own um, which is what journalism should be right well this is different this is opinion based it's long form it's you have time to actually give your opinion and say why you feel a certain way but I was not used to doing that because it was 
not something I did on the morning news. It wasn't something that I ever had maybe the platform to do as a sideline reporter. And then even when I was in local sports here in Nashville and we had our Sunday night show, it still was a, you know, 15, 20 minute show that was, you know, filled with some commercial breaks and you got to keep moving and stay on time. So that mm-hmm. wasn't even really a place where it's long form and you can give an opinion. So for me, that was a hard transition because I didn't want to piss anybody off. Yeah. You know? yeah, I, yeah. I, I, right. It's a fine well, I, line that. Yep. Yes. I think, I think, uh, I've gotten much more comfortable with <laughs> not caring as much. Right. But, um, that's why people love you though, because they love to hear what you have to say, you know? Yeah. Especially like coming in and easing into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's very different. Yeah. I would imagine that the, and now you've obviously experienced it firsthand, but I would imagine, I've always thought that it would be a more difficult transition going from, TV to radio because you also have, you're put on the spot a lot more. You know, yeah. people will, you'll get callers that call in and you got to be able to think yeah, on your you feet. You have no idea what they're going to say. Form a succinct opinion and back it up with facts or stats than to go from radio to TV because at least at that point you're like, I'm knowledgeable enough about the topic that I can go ahead and create, um, you know, my packages just based off of what I've done in the past. I mean, I, I don't know if that's kind of the same thing, but it does seem like it would be a more difficult transition to go your route. See, I think it's funny that you say that because I think it's both ways. Okay. Brent on 3HL, Jordy, he's always done radio, Mm -hmm. right? I've always done TV. That's where I started. So we're perfect examples on the radio show. He's not a big planner. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want, uh, and obviously you don't script things, but he he doesn't even want to like kind of lay things out. Well, on the TV side, you have no choice but to lay things out because you are on a, a like, separate time frame you better hit your time or Down you're to the deep, second you know what from yeah. your producers yeah, right. you know yeah. so it's very different and so for me i struggle with the okay are we not going to plan at all like how are we you know what yep. i mean whereas he on the other hand struggles with okay well I don't want to plan because I want it to be off the cuff, blah, blah, blah. Whereas for both of us, there's a happy medium in the middle. Mm -hmm. But it's very hard for me to step into that world in the beginning. And I think it would be really hard for him to step into that world from a standpoint of having to stay on time and and planning out everything, you know. So so I think it's both ways. Like there are challenges when you cross over. Yeah. How much planning? So like in radio, how Brent, just him specifically, he doesn't love to plan his shows. He likes to just see how the flow goes, see how it goes. But when you're being a sideline reporter, you literally 15 to 20 seconds. But I can imagine that you put in a load of planning just to figure out what two questions you're going to ask. Like it's got to be the whole first half, essentially, of planning just your one time on TV. Well, and people people don't realize that uh, even though you don't hear from the sideline reporter as much, like I have to do the same amount of prep work as yeah. the play-by-play does and the analyst. Like I watch film. I, you know, read everything. I chat with the player. I, I have to do all of that to make sure that even my halftime questions are educated. If you don't know, you know, everything about the team, you're not going to be able, whether you watch the first half or not, you're not going to be able to ask questions that are relevant yes um that that go with it you know what i mean so i think people don't realize because you don't hear from the sideline reporter as much during a broadcast like that doesn't mean that that prep work and that basis and that foundation of knowledge and and studying and knowing the teams that are playing and the players mm-hmm. and knowing their storylines and in stats and background and all that that still exists yeah. and that's what makes you better at that job is is by doing that you know perfect example 
um, let's say, work a work a game where a young man goes down with an injury. It's a right knee injury. You know, I will have known that maybe that's a guy that, hey, two years ago, he tore his right ACL and yeah. missed an entire year. Yeah. I know that because I study about these kids. I know these players. I know their history, yep. you know, and that could be it, it could not be important. He could have a great game that he could nothing could happen. But guess what? If he does end up going down and it happens to be that same knee, I happen to know, hey, look, this is it might not be related at all, but this is, you know, something that he's dealt with or this is an injury he's dealt with or this is the same leg or and it's you know, good it's insight to bring to like it. that. Yeah. yeah, small stuff like that. And that's just a minuscule, tiny example of where your prep work comes in. Yeah. But then I also feel you can be as prepped as possible. You have to be ready to talk to both coaches at the mm-hmm. end of a game win or lose, either outcome. But then I'm sure, you know, just like, what was it, three weeks ago with Derek Mason, where he had, like, the most emotional response to, like, one question that you had. <laughs> where he, like, and mic he dropped out. it and yeah. walked off. <laughs> yeah, like, how do you respond to something like that, whether it be anger or or positivity and celebration? Like, how do you prepare yourself to walk into, okay, I've got I've got two questions for him, and, here we, and you only get one out. Like, yeah. how do you prepare for something like that? I don't, you can't prepare for it, honestly. I mean, it's it's like I talk about your prep work and knowing the storylines and knowing what's important. Like, with Derek Mason, and I was asked about that interview. Um, somebody did an article on it, just the emotion he showed. And, and they asked me, you know, hey, did you expect that? Did you know something like that was coming? Well, I, I have the luxury of... I've worked the Vanderbilt spring game every year. Coach Mason has been there. Mm-hmm. I, um, you know, I live in this town, so on the weeks that I work games, work Vanderbilt games, which I've worked at least one Vanderbilt game every single year, Coach Mason has been there. I go out to practice. He allows me to view practice. You know, so I have a good relationship, a great working relationship with Coach Mason, and I know him, and I feel like I know what's coming with him. When they beat Tennessee last year, you know, he, like one of the last questions, he started dancing, like, I saw it in his eyes that yeah. something was coming, you know? So when I go to do this interview, I knew that the pressure of all the talk on his job had, had I don't want to say gotten to him that week, but I knew it was it was a topic. And yeah. I knew from our Friday meetings when I asked him about it, I knew that it was something that that he was, I think, frustrated with. So when I asked that question and I saw it in his eyes, I was like, oh, here comes something. Yeah. So I didn't know exactly that it was going to be that kind of a walk right. off. Yeah. But I knew that something was coming. And I think those are the times where it's important as a reporter that you listen, yes. that you make sure that you ask your question, but you're listening to your subject. You're actually playing off of what they said. And and obviously there was nothing to play off of on right. that because he, he was gone. gone. Yeah. He was out of there. Yeah, I was like, Derek all right, boys, Mason. there you go. Coach Derek Mason. Left yeah. the building. <laughs> all right. So. so you are one of three other two guys on 3HL and your travel team with the SEC network that you're predominantly with is two guys named David, right? Yes. Well, DJ and Dave. Yes. yes. Yep. Okay. Do you feel like team mom? Like, do you like when you leave work at one zero four five the zone? You leave these dudes behind, and then you go on the road with the other two guys. Like, do you feel like you're constantly? And then you're at home with your husband. Do you feel like you're constantly just wrangling them up? I don't. I feel like everybody else is like mom of me. Oh, <laughs> like everybody else takes right. care of me. You know, that is, that's I don't, probably the I way know. to have it. Honestly. Seriously, my husband is might be the most supportive best husband ever like i come home and the dishes are done and the house is oh clean my. and my laundry is oh. done the 
bed and everything is no wonder you married him so quick i was just about to say you locked it up like he's he's amazing and then you know the boys like we have uh, for on 3hl we have three very different personalities you know and and mickey's kind of the funny guy but he's like the straight lace guy and brent's kind of you know a look squirrel off the cuff and, (laughs) and fun like lovable guy you know and and so i feel like all the different personalities just kind of work and same with my my SEC network crew. You know, Dave is our play by play guy. He's been doing it forever. If you used to watch the JP um, sports games, like eleven a.m. football games yeah. or the Raycom games back in the day, mm-hmm. that was him. You know, like he's Mister SEC. He's been around forever, so I feel like he's kind of the like, let me just get everybody in line kind of thing. You know, yeah. so I don't I don't have to take care of anybody. It's nice. You sound like everybody good setup. Wow. wow, not a bad gig. I must wow. say. I must um, say. I'm curious about this. So uh, the idea of paying college athletes for their name and likeness has long been really kind of debated and talked about. Um, And this year, it's actually the first time it's ever become like an actual reality for a lot of players. As a former college athlete yourself playing volleyball at Auburn, I'm very curious as to what your take on it is. So I I played a long time ago, obviously. But back when I played, the scholarship money was not enough to survive on. You know what really? I mean? Oh, it yeah. was, I get that. It was, I mean, end of the month, like I was fortunate enough that I had parents that, oh, okay, here's your $50 to finish you off yeah, for yeah. the month so that you yeah. can pay your power bill. Well, not everybody is like that. You know, yes. not everybody has that luxury. Now, that was also before um, all your food was taken care of. That mm-hmm. you, I mean, now, you know, if you're a scholarship athlete, it, these colleges provide food anytime anywhere that's all provided now so that makes it a little bit different but you know it's hard i think people forget that as a a full-time athlete you don't have time to get a job they're very strict about your job what you could do i could only get a job during the summer volleyball season was in the fall i could only work during the summer i remember working at a daycare and i had to fill out like just pages and pages and pages of paperwork to make sure that my pay was legit. Yeah, and that you're not that receiving money. There wasn't money anything for, shady um, under yeah. the table. And and I was a volleyball player. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, look, come on. <laughs> and I was okay, but it's not like I was a great, you know, volleyball player. Yeah. So, um, you know, so it's difficult to find the time to succeed in academics, athletics, and work to get that extra income. Yeah. So this is my concern with it, though. So... I'm not opposed to it, but I don't know how they are going to make it work with the NCAA where they're okay with it to where it is not a distinct advantage for certain schools with certain donors with with, you know, big time money. I don't know where they're going to make it all work to where it's fair and equal across the board. And that's that's just even if you just look in football. From the the, I feel like the divide of the haves and the have-nots mm-hmm. will become yeah. even bigger. Yeah. Even though it has nothing to do with the actual money coming, you know, from the schools, just right from the extra likeness of certain alums at certain programs that are going to make sure that their football program and their players are taken care of from their endorsement side. So, I don't know how it's going to all work. The NCAA needs to sit down and and figure it out. And I think their latest kind of statement was them at least acknowledging that they do have to sit down and figure it out. Yeah. So we'll see. Do you think it would limit scholarship dollars if they're like, you're going to come play for us, your association with 
Alabama football is going to be big enough to get you endorsements so we don't need to give you an academic scholarship as opposed to their athletic money they're already getting? No, I don't think that won't be affected at all. You don't think so? No. Do I mean, you? I hope not because yeah, that takes away the reason of you wanting them to come play for your program. You're right. going to give them anything you can to get them on your team, yeah, which because- is the scholarship side of it. Basically, what the NCAA is saying is that it's it's going to, it's two totally very separate. separate. Mm-hmm. It's two separate things. Do you feel like um, there will be it? Like in my mind, I'm trying to think. Like yes, if like like you said, it's got to be. It's so hard to regulate it and make it fair yeah. and equal for How absolutely everybody. So don't you feel like it has to be like these companies can no longer use college players' name and likeness and like just kind of cut it off from there? Because like if they're gonna use college football players in you know any kind of like video game, let's say, or right. if they're gonna yeah. use them in like their um, which the NCAA video game they they paid those players that were in it forever when it used to exist. They got paid after the fact. I don't think I knew that yeah, they paid them after the fact. It didn't even occur to me that yeah. they wouldn't have paid them to begin with, but you can't. Right. Like exactly. two major but stories fact, going on right now. Because Mickey's good friends with a, you know, a little Arkansas State player from yeah. back in those days mm-hmm. and he got like a two hundred and fifty dollar check because, right. you know, he's he was a tiny part of yeah. the NCAA yeah. football game. I just think with college athletes, I mean, you're not just talking football. You're not just talking volleyball. Like, you're talking everything. You're talking, like, people who go to play tennis in college. You know, it's just, it's it's not just, yeah. Rowing, gymnastics, Mm -hmm. gymnastics is huge in the SEC, too. Like, oh, yeah. Friday Night Lights, massive. I just, I don't know what they're going to do. I can't imagine, though, being like a Zion Williamson at Duke. Hopefully without a, do, a Nike sponsorship since he blew his shoe out. But <laughs> maybe with another one, imagine how much money he would have had the ability to make as opposed to like a D3, maybe an NIAA person, like anything like that. I wonder how they're going to regulate it. Um, so we know you're a big dog person. Yep. We know that you have very, very limited amount of time in in general. What When you do have free time, other than, you know, hang out with your husband and your dogs, what else is, I mean, is it sports all the time? Love, uh, grew up loving it. And so that's what I do in my free time. Like, what is it that like Don Davenport sits down on a Friday night or a Tuesday night or, you know, she yeah, doesn't, Tuesday, Tuesday night. I was like, Friday, not her, her Fridays are Tuesday nights. And like you have your, the world is your oyster. What do you choose to do? Uh, during football, volleyball season, there is no time. Yeah. All right. I mean, if I sit down, I'm, I'm watching either a volleyball game from a team that I'm about to see next week yeah. or a football game from last week that I didn't get to watch live because that's the other thing people don't realize when you actually work in sports, you don't really get to watch all the sports. Yeah, right. yeah, so yeah, yeah. You're you're having to go back and kind of watch different games, you know, especially for jumping on 3HL. I'll have to go back and watch Tennessee's game if it's yep. during my game that yeah. I'm working or go back and watch Vanderbilt's game. So so I do a lot of that. I do a lot of going back and, and watching games that I've recorded um, or watching film of, of certain teams during football and all of that. Outside of football season, I love to travel. Um, we just did Italy this past summer. That's where you got engaged. Um, yes, which was amazing. And that was such an, uh, an awesome trip. So big traveler. I enjoy doing that. I like to just be outside. I like to play for fun, intramural volleyball. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, kickball, like the, hey, here, drink a beer right, and go yeah, play yeah. kickball kind yeah. of league. Nothing, I'm in one of those. We serious. take the cooler out to the outfield exactly. and pass them like, around. You, don't, you know, you don't want to tear an Achilles or anything, but, yeah. you know, just a little fun. Tell them about your latest wine purchase. <gasps> oh, oh, I am already I, into yeah, this. Oh, yeah. 
There is a wine advent calendar. I've heard Ooh, about it from Trader Joe's, right? No, Aldi? Aldi. Aldi. Um, oh. So, Rhett B. and I were talking about this last year. This was a year ago, okay. right? Okay. And I tried to get it. It was sold out in like 20 minutes. You could not get it. So, this year, first of all, Rhett was like, hey, they have them at Kroger now. I was like, what? What? No. Yes. So, we were all talking about it. JT, our producer for our show, 3HL, was, was listening he likes to go to Aldi to get non-carb bread. He said they have the mm-hmm. best non-carb yep. bread. Oh, like I'm Aldi. bread. I'm a big Aldi fan. Yes. Yeah. And apparently it's like it goes fast. Mm-hmm. So he was there at like seven o'clock in the morning. Wow. Well, it happened to be the same day that they were releasing the wine advent calendars. <laughs> Timing is everything. Yes, That's right. And he said there's a line outside. He's like, why is there a line outside? Is this for my no carb bread? Like, what the heck? No, it was Secrets for the out. wine advent oh calendars. Pulled so up you know what he did? Aldi. He freaking bought two of them and got one for me so i now have a wine advent calendar thanks to jt he said he was walking out with those two bad boys and some woman was like they're they were like i tried to buy it off 90 bucks i was gonna say they're probably a lot she's like i'll pay you 130 for one of those (gasps) stop Uh uh-huh and i was like and you you kept it for me he was like i sure did oh that's a team member next year i'm buying them out and reselling them on the black market yes (laughs) so so i will i'll take some pictures and post them on social media and all that so you guys can see what this advent calendar are you struggling to not open into it right now i mean you have 17 days see what it looks like yeah that's what i'd like to know i'm very curious i'm trying to like picture this in my mind of Um, what it's heavy is it like mini bottles like a like an airplane bottle what is it yeah, yeah it's equivalent they're... to six full-size bottles. It's those small. It's like an airplane bottle. Yeah. And I've already shown her the list of the wines that are in this thing from around the world. Yeah, is it all reds, all whites, a blend? Oh, it's some of, it's some of all. And they're yeah. from all over There's the place, from South Africa, from Zimbabwe, from oh, France, yeah. from Italy, Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so are you, what kind of wine drinker are you? Are you a yes. red, or are you just like wine in general? I'm a red wine drinker. Yes. And I've been on this weird Pinot Noir kick yes. for like three years. Oh, I'm a huge. <laughs> I don't think yeah. it's a kick in I don't either. It's I been three it's, years. I think, I think it's, yeah. it's just, it's it might just be now. what you like. Yeah. Make it official. Yeah. So. Um, my aunt and uncle actually have a vineyard out in Oregon and yeah, and they make um, Pinot Noir and then also a Riesling and their Pinot Noir is what turned me on to Pinot Noir wines. Really? Yeah. Few things are better. It's called, um, so Trisatum is their Pinot Noir. It's from their estate, but then also they have this kind, um, they just partnered with Purple Hands is the name of the um, winery and they're going to be taking their grapes and then make, and the cool thing I I learned a lot about it when I went out there over the summer. We ran like a half marathon out there. It was insane. It was one of the most challenging half marathons I've ever been on. But I learned so much about wine, about like what goes into it, and that like each winery does something different with the grapes that they're given. So the grapes that they give to Trisadum Winery are like what they do with it is a different makeup and chemistry. uh, chemistry combination than what they do um, at Purple Hands. So they're like, we're so excited to see what Purple Hands does with our grapes. So stay tuned. I'll get some. I'll get some bottles and I'll bring please them in. Do. Um, please do. Yeah, it's, let's it's, have a nice little happy hour here right. at the station. I bring. Know. I should have brought it for today. You what was can I give yeah. us. <laughs> Worksgiving. Yeah. We're, oh, yeah. You we're, can bring sure, the wine. Five right. o'clock somewhere. Somewhere right. at all times. Yeah. It always is. <laughs> um, Don, I really wish that we could keep you here a little bit longer. I feel like we haven't been able to take a breath yet. I know. Because you have just been such a wonderful guest. Thank you so much for sharing everything. We'll just have to have you back, I guess. I, I'm all in for that. Let's do it. We'll bring the wine. You girls are doing a great job. I love your stuff. Thanks. Thank you so much. Don Davenport has been our guest today. You can follow her at Don Davenport. 
Is that on At Dawn Davenport TN. TN. Yes. TN. Apparently there's another Dawn Davenport. Oh my God, oh, she's a murderer. Don't Google it. We, we she's a serial murderer. Images. We looked her up. They, <laughs> Dawn Davenport and Dawn Davenport are not the same <laughs> no. person. They look nothing alike. There was alike. one. Luckily, we don't look alike. Yeah. <laughs> Brittany looked it up earlier and it was like, image Dawn Davenport at Walmart. And she clicked. She's like, oh, why is Dawn getting spotted at Walmart? And it was murderer Dawn. Yeah. yeah. Not reporter Dawn. The only Dawn. thing no. Dawn murders is wine. That's, That's right. right. There you go, Brittany. <laughs> Cheese and chocolate. There's a cheese advent <laughs> calendar too. I've heard this year at Trader Joe's. Yeah, and that's boring. Find them all. This season, <laughs> cheese, chocolate, and one. Um, and thank you for listening to another episode of Step One Learn Sports. We are so sorry that we have been off for two weeks, but we hope that this makes up for it. New episodes coming out every Wednesday. Yes, we promise to be back next week. Rate, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else that you can find a podcast. Right, I'm nodding on, I'm nodding uh, along with Avery as she's doing this. Um, I mean, I think that's it. Send us your no dumb questions. We'll get to them next week. That's right. Um, remember, there is no such thing as a no dumb question. And follow us on Twitter at S1LS Podcast. And Instagram. And Instagram. And we'll be back next week. Yeah, Thanks. we'll see you then. Thank you. <laughs>